Welcome to The Screeners, episode 13. This week, we are so angry about Ben Affleck being tapped to play Batman. Or maybe we aren't. Josh finally gets a chance to suggest a book to The Screeners for our discussion, and he takes full advantage as we talk about the new autobiography of Ron Burgundy. We then turn our attention to our favorite current trailers and J.J. Abrams' decision to skip digital on Star Wars Episode 7 in favor of Kodak film stock. Our main event review takes us to Halo the Movie, sorry, Elysium the Movie, for Neil Blomkamp's second feature. And finally, we close the cutting room floor with round two of flick chart screener style. Let's go. From the big screen to the small screen and everything in between, this is the Screeners Podcast, where all media is appreciated, but none is safe. Hey guys, and welcome to the Screeners Podcast. My name's Chris. This is Chad. Melody. And Josh. And we're back again to talk all things media. You know, it's true. We really do like to hear ourselves talk, but we really love to hear from you guys in the audience. If you've heard anything on the show that you want to talk more about, or if there's anything you'd like for us to talk about that we didn't get to, please drop us a comment at screenerspodcast.com or send us an email at screenerscast at gmail.com. But for right now, let's get into the show. All right, guys, this is Jump Cuts. This is our lightning round segment of the podcast. Each of us brings a question to the table, and we all have 60 seconds in which to answer the question. If we go past 60 seconds, you will hear this sound. So let's get into Jump Cuts. All right, guys. Well, I have the first Jump Cuts question this week, and I think it is definitely the most highly discussed media point at this time. So we definitely had to throw it into our podcast for this week. And that is, what do you people think of Ben Affleck as the new Batman? Josh, how are you taking this news? Uh, well, I'm kind of going to have to borrow commentary from other people because I don't know how much I care. I do find it a little weird that from what I heard, he's just going to be Batman for the Superman Batman crossover. And then he goes back to being Ben Affleck and someone else is Batman again. So that's weird, but Wait, whatever. What? Wait, Wait what? what? You didn't hear that? Yeah. From what I heard, it, it's just for the Man of Steel sequel. And then when they go back into the Batman franchise, it's someone else. So Interesting. Take that as you will. Interesting. Um, so my opinions real quick on the matter. Again, not mine. I've stolen them from Facebook and television. <laughs> ben Affleck is Daredevil, and he wasn't even a good Daredevil. Why is he Batman? <laughs> and number two, he was just starting to be respected as a director. Like he's, he directed Argo. He's like a high art director now. And now he's going to be Batman and judged solely based on whether the movie makes money or loses money. Oh, a long time ago, actually. But yeah. I gave you a few yeah. more seconds. <laughs> you got grace. All right, Chris, it's to you. I don't know why in the world this has gotten so much media buzz. I guess it's because it's Batman. People are freaking out. I really wish they would have done some sort of a test screening or a, like a promo reel with him in it. So people wouldn't be so like crazy about this i'm just gonna say i'm gonna revert i'm gonna i'm gonna reserve my judgment until i've actually seen some sort of footage with him as uh either uh bruce wayne or batman i don't know he could be good i mean it, it just is depending upon um where they're going with the character and from what i've heard he's supposed to be a little bit older with a little bit more experience than obviously where Clark was at the end of Man of Steel and Clark almost gets some, you know, advice from his crime fighting uh, experience. So, you know, it could be a good thing depending upon where they go with it. So I'm going to reserve my judgment and just say they must know what what they're doing, hopefully, and maybe this will be a good choice. We'll see. All right. Chad, are you outraged? Outraged. (laughs) No. People are so ridiculous. Mm -hmm. I don't... um, the let me say there's two two main reasons that I'm not worried as much as most people. Number one is Michael Keaton. When Michael Keaton was the first Batman, everybody flipped out because he wasn't that kind of an actor. Uh, but to bring it more, and he did a great job in my opinion, to bring it more current, people 
flipped out when Heath Ledger was named as the Joker. Mm. And oh, yes. I think that yes, speaks yes. for itself. So I want to wait and reserve judgment because I'm one of those guys. I don't really understand the level of hatred towards Ben Affleck. I think it was, you know, a lot of his thing with Jennifer Lopez or whatever. But very much like Josh mentioned, he's an Academy Award winning director. I think he's a fine actor. So I'm actually I think he'll do. I think he'll do great. I'm, I'm not going to judge now if he's terrible. I'll crush him. But if he's great, <laughs> he'll be great. So we'll wait and see. Yeah. Hey, let's right. not forget, too, I'm sorry, just because you were talking about, like, actors who had played roles before. You know, Chris Evans was Human Torch and then became mm. um, Amer- Captain America. And I thought he's much better Captain America yeah. than Human Torch. So Very let's, true. you know, who knows? He was horrible at Daredevil, but he might be a good Batman. Who knows? We'll see. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you guys uh, have that opinion and that you do not have the outrage that has stormed <laughs> Facebook. But, um, yeah, I, I completely agree. I I will reserve my judgment as well. The guy can. The guy has done some good stuff, so no I, I feel like he's probably capable of pulling this off. I do think definitely it would be hard for anybody to follow Christian Bale. I mean, he was amazing. He's a beautiful man with just the right amount of like darkness, you know, for the Batman character. I don't Wait, know. He's a beautiful he's a man. He's a beautiful man. Darkness. Just the right amount of what? <laughs> Just like you, Chris. What? <laughs> That's what drew that, him to you. What? Beautiful this darkness. Is all light. I, Are you denying that he's a beautiful man? I, no. Well, you know, I don't. I'm. Ne- I never thought of it in that way. But now I want to see things through that oh, lens. Don't lie. Oh my gosh. <laughs> She's a beautiful <laughs> woman with the right amount of darkness. Is that what you said about the zero dark thirty girl? <laughs> no. Uh-oh. What has happened to our jump cut, <laughs> oh Melody? God. Please continue. All right. Well, there you have it, Ben Affleck. <laughs> <laughs> Number two. All right, so we hear about movies coming out being made after or adapted from books all the time, but we're doing a little bit of a flip this fall, and Ron Burgundy, a.k.a. Will Ferrell, is publishing an autobiography that's due out in November, and I just happened to catch this on the Internet, and I wanted to know just what you guys think of it. Is Will anyone read this? Well, I, I mean, I know Chris won't read it, but will anyone else read this? <laughs> so, oh, Chris, you're first. Go ahead. <laughs> well, you know, whenever we talk about a book on the podcast, uh, I get some crap. And rightly so, I guess. Yeah, because you don't um, read. <laughs> here's the thing. I don't have such an affinity towards the Ron Burgundy Anchorman um, thing. Oh, like, boo. the movie, the movie was funny, but there's this whole, like, I don't know, freak out like culture happening right now about Anchorman 2. It's been 10 years, as the article that we read said, that 10 years since the last one. And it, it seems a little, I don't know, silly to me. I had somebody ask me just recently, like, okay, so this autobiography he's doing, like, is Ron Burgundy like a real person? <laughs> is he like being like, I don't get it. I don't know where this is coming from. I'm not interested in it. So <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Shocker. <laughs> this is, this is weird. <laughs> weird. Don't you think it's weird? This is strange. Who's gonna, it, it, it might who be is, weird. Who's gonna buy? Who's gonna buy this? I don't. I don't even get it. You know how many Halo books they published? Yeah, I know. Right. But this is hey, you just got years of War books. Buzz. I'm not. I'm not talking yeah, to Tim. Yes, buzz, buzz. buzz. The buzz has happened. Do, do, yeah, but do, we do, talked do, after do, the buzzer do, all the time. Do, do, do. Not today, okay. apparently. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Chad is <laughs> two takes three points. We are going to get done in record time. <laughs> I, I vote I love, no. I, never mind. I vote I no love as it. well. Now that we Chad actually and I have, say no. Now that we have internet that works, you got buzzed, and there are two no votes. Moving on. All right, Melody. What do you think? I mean, I think it's funny. It kind of reminds me of that book that came out um, after like the first or second season of Lost that was supposedly written by like one of the fictional what? people alluded to in the show. What do you mean, what? This is not the same thing. This is well, a- it, it kind yeah, of is. Yeah, this one could be entertaining. Oh my god. Well, yeah, I mean, but as stupid as that book was, it was still like pretty freaking cool to to read because it was I don't know, like the Lost, the whole marketing around Lost was very innovative and you know cool so this you know i don't know i'm sure for those that love the ron burgundy thing it'll be funny i I will not probably read this book but it's interesting i don't know that's about all i have to say about it so two votes for not reading this book all right let's see chad chad are you going to read this book uh no (laughs) (laughs) no i'm not going to read it but i do think 
I, I'm just a, like Melody was saying. I'm a fan of creative marketing, and I like I like it when they try different things. I can appreciate the idea that if they're going to do something like this, especially an autobiography, you could do, I imagine, a lot worse than a Ron Burgundy, Will Ferrell kind of thing, because I imagine it's probably pretty funny. There were a couple of funny lines in the press release. I can appreciate this more than I can say that I care about it. I'm not going to read it. I don't have enough time to read as much as I want to anyway, so I'm not going to do this. But, you know, whatever. I think it's okay. Fine. Did they say who's actually writing it? Like, is Will Ferrell actually writing this? I, I, I can't find sure that anywhere. Not. And that's what I'm that's that, what I'm wondering. The thing for me, it means like somebody actually sat down and wrote a full autobiography. Like, I mean, in the middle of this, it could just go off in some crazy, like, weird tangent because none of it's... Well, so, you know, Chris, we already that, buzzed you. I don't care. I'm sorry. I'm just, we, we can I find this so offensive. I find that. this so offensive. Chris, sorry, go ahead. So offensive. Chris, for someone who doesn't care, it's you sure paper. are very angry about this, Chris. <laughs> go, Josh. What do you think, Mr. Bookman? Well, I'm kind of with everyone else in that life is too short and I'm not going to be reading this, but I also think it's creative and kind of a good idea. I mean, if done right, this book could be um, kind of a lighter version of, oh, what am I thinking of? Something like Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Some kind of liquor-soaked journalist rant out of left field. The book completely doesn't flow, but is funny. I thought you were going to say George W. Bush's autobiography. That's <laughs> decision points. It could be the decision points for the 21st century. It could be Which, that. That would be awesome if, like, in the middle of it, they're like, now take a few moments and I'm going to again to guess has hijacked your time. <laughs> and again, Pretty I much. get buzzed. Thank you, Chris. You're welcome. <laughs> Well, that was a fun job. Moving jump right along. <laughs> Chris, stop so talking stupid. then. You're the one that's Break talking. Please, Josh, we, we, Melody and I vote to give you 20 more seconds. Go. Go, Josh. I do not need 20 more seconds to say it could be funny, but I'm not going to read it. But thank you for the... We're talking about it, so it worked. All right, I always make sure that I get to the theater on time so that I can see the trailers before the main feature and I was curious if you guys had seen any movie trailers recently that you really enjoyed and that you'd like to share with us so Chad what have you seen recently well I actually had to think about this one because uh. there we're talking about the rest of 2013 there are some films that I want to see but I had but when thinking specifically about the trailer I had a hard time except there was uh, there were a couple <clears throat> one is a movie that I think may already be out or just now coming out and that is the Grand Master. Ah, have you guys? It's yeah, a yeah. it's a martial arts. Uh, it's the story of the martial arts master Ip Man, who was you know regarded as the trainer of Bruce Lee. Uh, it's a foreign film, but it looks fantastic. But the uh, the other trailer that I really liked that had me laughing out loud just at the trailer was Jackass presents Bad Grandpa. Have you guys seen this trailer? Oh my. No. I love the Jackass movies. Oh they are gosh. so funny. And there's the character wow. in there where Johnny Knoxville dresses up as an old grandpa. And this is like a buddy story with him and his fake grandson. It looks great. Really funny. So those are my two. I'm really glad that I didn't talk about movie trailers as being art. Yeah. Oh, it's a special kind of art. It's a special yes. kind of art. Mm. Melody, have you seen any that you've enjoyed recently? Yes, I have. Um, the one that came to mind <clears throat> was the one for Gravity. Dang Actually, it. there's two different two different ones. Did I steal yours? I'm sorry. Yeah, that's yeah. the only one I've got written down. So, well, I mean, I, they really <laughs> stood out to me. Number one, because they're you know they're really tense and they kind of pull you in and make you wonder what's going on. But the thing that I really love about both of the trailers is that you really don't know what the movie's going to be about by the trailer. I mean, you know what it's going to be about, but. They don't, they're not really giving away any of the plot. It's just kind of, she's out there, she's floating in space, and that's pretty much all you know. So, I like that. I think the trailers are very tense, and I'm looking forward to seeing the film. Awesome. Josh, how about you? Well, I find, I found the Gravity trailer interesting, too, but while it was interesting, it kind of turned me off. I've, I'm tired of trailers giving away the whole movie, too, but this, I felt like didn't give any sort of I was about to say it didn't give any sort of grounding which would be terribly ironic for a movie never mind 
<laughs> Josh, he'll be here all week. Wow. I will. I will be here Thanks all summer. Thanks for that, so, Josh. I don't know that I've seen a trailer per se that stood out to me as a trailer, as a single piece of art. I We saw Blue Jasmine last night, which, by the way, was a fantastic movie. And it had a whole bunch of trailers for movies that I'm interested in seeing, but the trailers themselves weren't really stand out. There, well, there's one called Out of the Furnace that's coming out, I think, this fall with Casey Affleck, uh, Christian Bale, and a few other people that really looks interesting. But... Outside of that, the trailers themselves weren't good. Okay, well, uh, the uh, the one that I've seen recently that kind of... Uh, Gravity was definitely on my list. I just quickly looked and glanced at some of the others that have been coming out. I do remember actually watching a trailer for a film called The Monuments Men. It is a story... Uh, that is uh, takes place during World War II about a group of it looks like allied forces um, that decide to protect um, the monuments that are being destroyed by bombing and mm-hmm. shelling and all that kind of stuff. It stars George Clooney, Matt Damon, Bill, Bill Murray, uh, as well as several other um, actors. And so it just looks interesting. It looks funny. And of course, the trailer has that kind of lightheartedness, but also grand overarching war type stuff so it looks interesting and, and the trailer looks fun too so i definitely am excited about seeing the movie in december the monument so nobody's spent. gonna talk about the secret life of walter mitty oh yeah that's right I'm i sure that was uh, gonna be in here by somebody i was considering i thought about mentioning it but this would be stiller it would be easier if this were what are the movies that we're looking forward to in the yeah. fall as opposed to the trailers themselves because i agree there's mm. just not a lot of great trailers that i've seen I don't there know. Isn't. I think the trailer for Walter Mitty might be better than the movie. Yeah, but. I was going to say, I, I don't know if the movie's going to be that good, but the yeah, trailer's I wish, kind of I, awesome. I wish, I, yeah, I totally forgot about it. I don't know why I didn't say something. Um, that is, that would definitely, that trailer, what is it, what is the name of the film exactly? I don't hear it. The again. Secret Life of Walter Mitty. The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. It, that is a great, just trailer. It's a piece of, I do think it's a piece of art. That yeah. You could sit down and watch and actually enjoy just that two and a half minutes of, you know, of, of well put together footage so uh, it'll be interesting to see how the movie does like you guys are saying it could be total junk but um, the trailer looks fascinating yeah very cool okay this week there was some interesting news and I know here on the screeners we have actually discussed digital cinematography versus actual film And the news was released that Daniel Mendel, who was the cinematographer or is the cinematographer for J.J. Abrams on both of the Star Trek films as well as Mission Impossible 3, will be shooting Star Wars Episode 7 in film. It was announced that, assuming that there is another trilogy, that it will probably be shot on film, whereas Episodes 1, 2, and 3 uh, were shot digitally by George Lucas. So my question is... What do you guys think about this little bit of news in a day and age when almost everything is exclusively digital? What do we think about this on one of the largest sci-fi properties of all time? Melody? Well, I did a little checking because, you know, it's it's not often that you hear that. Um, And I guess J.J. Abrams always shoots on film. Um, I guess he was quoted recently as saying, I have not yet shot a movie digitally. Film is the thing I am most comfortable with. If film were to go away and digital is challenging it, then the standard for the highest, best quality would go away. So apparently that's what he likes to do. Definitely will let him um, do as many lens flares as his little heart (laughs) desires. So that's always good. But I do think it's pretty funny because not only were episodes, what is it? One, two, and three? Yeah. Yeah. Not only were they shot digitally, but they were like the pioneers of it. Like the first one was the first film to have a digital image or whatever. And then... The second one was, you know, one of the first films to be completely shot in digital. So I think it's it is a little funny that that they're going back to the film age, but JJ's films always look good, so yes, they do. I'm not complaining. Yeah. Okay, Josh. Okay, first off, don't call Star Wars sci fi. Um, <laughs> it's just five if if that it's five. Please. <laughs> Number two, Melody, you stole my joke which was that he only wants to shoot this on film so that it can be full of lens flares. Pretty much, pretty much. And number three, Chris doesn't care about books, and I don't care about this. As long as it doesn't look like a soap opera, whatever. Have fun 
film's nice, but enjoy waiting overnight to get your dailies back. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> JJ, you've been warned, Josh has told you. <laughs> yeah, All right. still there. Chris? Well, I was excited to see this on the rundown because it all, all the way all it says in the um, in the notes that, that we have on our document here is that Star Wars Episode Seven to be shot on film, and immediately my brain went to yes, they're going to shoot all on IMAX because mm. that would have that that would have been awesome. That that was what was what I was hoping was going to be on the next uh, the full you know rundown on in the um, in the article, but unfortunately it's just you know regular Kodak film stock and it doesn't even mention IMAX which I'm a little bummed about I really was hoping that they were going to you know innovate because I mean if there's one film property that could innovate and make IMAX more usable for the rest of the film industry and make that a standard it would be to shoot Star Wars Episode 7 completely on IMAX with a completely different rig and setup and all that stuff and make it more um, accessible and user friendly so I'm hoping that they at least do that a little bit I'm excited about it I know I just want JJ to do a good job so whatever makes him most comfortable you know have at it do it let's make it happen uh, it's going to be great. Okay. I actually am pretty excited about this. I still think that the best of film looks better than the best of digital right now. Now, I don't think that it will be that way forever. As a matter of fact, next week that could change as technology right. is changing on a daily basis. But right now, I still think that there are there's just some beautiful dynamic range and textures that can still be accomplished when film is shot at its best. Um, that makes it superior to digital. So I like this idea. I certainly think that um, film is probably going to be only used for like the biggest of the big. Like if a Spielberg or a J.J. Abrams wants to use it, they'll still be able to do it. But for the most part, it's probably going to be flipping to all digital in the next, you know, who knows, four, five, six years. But for this little small bit, this little small victory, I think it's going to be great. I think it'll look beautiful. I like J.J.'s style. Unlike Josh, I think he is uh, pretty great with the camera. So I'm looking forward to it. Mm, indeed. Welcome to the main event. You can save everyone. Thank you. Immediate extension of parole duration by a further Wait, eight Wait, what? No, 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 no. Elevation and heart rate detected. Wouldn't you like a pill? No, I am okay. Thank you. Are you being sarcastic and or abusive? Negative. Three undocumented ships are approaching Elysium airspace. Shoot them down. In five days time, you will die. Thank you for your service. They can fix it on Elysium, man. What did you do to me? Gave you a way out. Whoever has this has the power to override their whole system. Follow me. Stay close. They will hunt you to the edge of the earth for this. For this week's main event, we return to the world of Neil Blomkamp who follows up his District 9 debut with Elysium, starring Matt Damon. The IMDb summary says, Set in the year 2154, where the very wealthy live on a man-made space station, while the rest of the population resides on a ruined Earth, a man takes on a mission that could bring equality to the polarized worlds. So our question tonight is, does... Blomkamp's Elysium stand up as a worthy successor to District 9 and we're going to start off with our general comments first very brief and then we'll come back in for a more in-depth discussion followed by spoilers so let's start with Chris overall impressions what do you think this is one of those films that um, I enjoyed while I was watching there's a lot of um, moments in it that I really like Neil Blomkamp's world building that he does you can tell that he spends a lot of time thinking about how everything is going to work together. And I just, I like the, I don't necessarily like the world that he creates. I uh, would not want to go to this world. But uh, I think that for the most part, it was an enjoyable film. I, it, there, was a, there was a little bit of hollowness in it. I never felt quite connected to the reasons why some of the characters were doing what they were doing. They felt like they were just there to, to perform a task. But for the most part, uh, the general players were quite good, and, and I enjoyed the film uh, overall. I, I definitely would, would see it again and, and um, recommend it to others. So, yeah, it was, it was enjoyable. Okay. Josh, what about you? Yeah, I think the word you're looking for is competent. 
Yeah. That yeah. that kind of kind of seems like it fits. Yeah. I mean it it was it was good overall. I mean there there were a few plot holes and some excessive convenience here and there. But it was a decent story and the ending managed to be both aggravating and more fulfilling than you usually get in a Hollywood movie. True. So it's about as good as we're going to get for a summer movie, especially this summer. It's almost over the summer. So good. Yeah. Okay, Next. so two medium to positive recommendations. How about you, Melody? I really wanted to like this movie um, because I want to like all sci-fi movies that I go to see. Um, and I, I did really like District 9. I thought that was a bit of a standout film. For me, for this one, honestly, I think it's going to be pretty forgettable. There wasn't anything that drove me crazy about it. There wasn't anything that I hated. Um, but like Chris said, I just didn't really feel like I cared all that much. Like I, I just didn't really connect to, to any of the characters in the way that I wanted to. Um, it looked great and it was interesting. Like I enjoyed the movie, but my mind wandered a little bit. And, you know, looking back on it, I just, eh, I don't really care, care to see it again necessarily. So it was okay. Okay. Well, I am a huge fan of District 9. I, I own it. I've watched it maybe, I don't know, a dozen times since it came out. Just a wonderful, wonderful film for lots of different reasons. So this was my most, behind Man of Steel, this was my most anticipated film of 2013. And I could not have been more disappointed with this movie. Wow. The, the, the more that I, the Jeez. more, the more that I think about it, it gets even worse. Yeah. Uh, there are certainly moments in the movie that, while I'm watching it, I can appreciate the visual mastery that Blomkamp has. And I will say that, that mm-hmm. I, I really appreciate what he does from a visual standpoint. It looks spectacular. Um, he has his own style, which I appreciate, especially in a summer where everything just kind of looks the same. Yeah. Uh, every How many skyscrapers can we see fall down? You know? <laughs> uh, True. So, so I appreciate that aspect of it. But my overall impressions was that I was just really disappointed, and part of that may be my high expectations after District 9. But I, mm. I found myself in the middle of this movie, and we can we can now move into a little bit more in-depth stuff here. Um, mm. But the biggest problem I have with this movie can be summed up in the words – or in the word motivation. <clears throat> I yep. just did not understand yeah. why yep. everybody – did what they did specifically because, and I'm, I'm not sure about, I, I know Blomkamp wrote this one, and I don't think he needs to be doing that anymore. Nope. Uh, the, the dialogue <laughs> bothered me in a lot of places. Um, I want to see this guy take on somebody else's work from a script standpoint. Yeah. But what I did not like about this movie is that there was no depth to any of the characters. It was clearly defined who was evil, who was good, who you're supposed to hate, who you're supposed to cheer for. And then it never deviated from that. I mean, Jodie Foster was evil from the beginning, and there was no re- there was nothing conflicting about her character there was no arc there there was nothing there was nothing to make me care can we move into spoilers so we can have a full-on discussion about it before before we move on what do you guys think of jodie foster's uh, accent by the way whatever what kind of accent was that i don't know that was my question what did you guys think about that how do we define it i for me it was like really like out of place and i was like is it just because she's supposed to be evil so we're going to give her like a british e accent i don't know it was weird it was weird it was from the hamptons it was weird well i don't want to jump to spoilers too super fast unless you guys just don't have anything else that you want to say because i feel like for people that like science fiction yeah you it's definitely science fiction there's definitely themes of i mean you name it there's take your pick you know there's immigration there's oh my gosh uh, yeah clear hit us over the head a little bit clear that. allegories there that were oh. just be- yeah exactly that were blunt force trauma to the head which is another reason yep. that District yeah. 9 was so much better I agree yep. with you it, well, well the interesting thing for me is is especially I know when we get to spoilers we'll talk about it but the end of the film talk about allegory and like we've already had a couple of films early in the summer that, that tackled some of the same ideas and that is the idea of like equality and the idea of you know salvation and um, all that kind of stuff just f- for me it, it seemed way too like Neil was like, I'm going to like insert this allegory here, this allegory here, and we're going to kind of 
very thinly connect the two. And like you said, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said there wasn't any real motivation as to why. It's just kind of like he's just they're just going to continue to give you reasons why as you go along in the film rather than clearly defining at the beginning and just sticking with that. It felt like the rules were changing throughout the film. It was very I don't Well, I think I think much. that that was supposed to be like his journey. Like he starts out with a purely selfish motivation and and learns, you know, how I don't I don't want to say spoilers, sure. but I think that was a good intention. I just don't think it, it came across well. I don't think anyone connected to those motivations at all. Well, and too, like there's a lot of like I think Josh said too, like um, he just so happens to meet characters from his past. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Sort of you know, but I can forgive that stuff. There's a lot sure. of coincidence, yeah. but that's a that's a movie. I mean, that's that, that kind of thing happens. But I was more bothered by the fact that from if you're talking about allegory, I mean, District Nine was clearly an allegory for apartheid. Sure, but. It didn't feel like that. And the thing that makes me a little nervous about Blomkamp is he's quoted as saying about Elysium that he he's interested in making movies that have something to say, but his top priority is making a movie that is entertaining. And right. for me, I wasn't entertained by this movie because it was mm. so heavy handed at every turn. It just I don't know about that. I could take no. I look, I can take little 10 minute action sequences yeah. and say, oh, wow, that's great. But when the whole rapper is presented in the way that it was. I can't be invested in the characters as much. So anyway, I wanna, yeah. I, you, you guys are both using the word allegory, and I think people are really abusing that word. This is not allegory. Allegory is framing a tale about something in terms of something else. Right. This was Mexican sneaking into America. This is there was no failing. <laughs> this is not any subtlety whatsoever was stripped completely from this movie. I don't and know. So to call it allegory is really praise it does not deserve. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's allegory. That's pretty no, harsh. Minute, Josh, Josh, that's pretty we, harsh. No, we did but say attempted right. allegory. We did say attempted allegory. We're not. That is kind of our point. Is that it is like heavy-handed. It is obvious what is trying to be said. It's all out there on. But it's on not the just screen. illegal immigrants. Hey, it's the haves and the have-nots. It's mm -hmm. it's wealth distribution. It's health care. Health I mean, it's yes. all kinds. How of How do we like that one? I was like, wow, this is really happening right now. This this movie literally is about health care. I mean, I that is I, I do think that is like the main point here is is have and have nots, but who gets health care? Like, who? Yeah. Let's well. Let's move into spoilers. So let's wrap it up, and then we'll just say uh, if some if you think they should see it or not. So Chris, should people see Elysium? I, I think so. I, I don't. I even though it has problems, I still think it's an enjoyable film. It's much better than a lot of the things you could choose to see this summer. So I would say, yeah, choose this over you know uh, something like Pacific Rim. You know, <laughs> shut your face, <laughs> Josh. Uh, I don't know. See, I would have said. If it were just me, I would have said maybe go see it. But after hearing everyone else echoing everything I didn't like about this movie, it's kind of become an echo chamber in my head. And, and there are a lot of good movies about to come out in the fall. So, I, but I feel like we're save your money. Aren't we ganging up on this a little bit though, guys? Come Absolutely, seriously. it deserves it. Uh, okay. All right, all right. All right, Melody. Should people see Elysium? Wow. I mean, I wouldn't put it at the top of any list. And I came out of it just kind of feeling like, man, what is wrong with me? Like, I'm getting to be so jaded and critical. Like but but now that I hear you guys, like like Josh said, it makes me feel a little bit better that, you know, I'm, I'm not so jaded. It just wasn't that great of a movie. It really wasn't. Uh, so, you know, I wouldn't put it at the top of a list, no. Yeah, and it's got like, I think the last time I looked, it's got like a 65% on Rotten Tomatoes. So, I mean, it's first, pretty You're the color. first one to, to, to mention Rotten Tomatoes. <clears throat> yeah, which I looked at after I saw the movie. <laughs> me too. So, <clears throat> me too. It's, uh, it's, a, it's obviously kind of polarizing. But for me, I would say just from a craft standpoint, it's a beautiful film. Uh, mm -hmm. It's shot very, very well, and the, the effects are wonderful. But I can't recommend, you know, I guess if it's if you want to go to the movies and the only other option you have is kick ass to then yes. But You've other than Blue that, Jasmine now, see yeah. Blue Jasmine. There you go. So <laughs> with that, let's move into spoilers. You're listening to the Screeners podcast. We're going to talk about spoilers. So if you haven't seen Elysium and you don't want to be spoiled, stop listening and skip ahead to the cutting room floor. So anybody have any thoughts? So Matt Damon has been raised on Earth 
speaking Spanish like everyone else because everyone on Earth is um, Mexican. <laughs> and this is Los Angeles, dude. Come on. Was, oh, okay, it's Los Angeles. Yes. But So everyone <laughs> give, around give the movie him a little Spanish. bit of credit, dude. Okay. Come on now. Okay. Everyone speaks Spanish. Everyone has a Hispanic accent, and uh-huh. he is the only one on the planet without one as an adult. <laughs> the only one, and he spoke Spanish as a child. I'm done. <laughs> so that was it. You, you, got, you can go now. Yeah, and there were that lots of little things like that that, bo- yeah. you know, that just bothered me for sure. I think his last, I don't know what his character's name is, but I think it's actually Max. Hispanic, right? Yeah, it seems oh, like it was a, a poor choice in No, uh, no, no. Hold on. A poor choice in uh, whole casting name? is what this is. Because they said it. Oh, oh Max DaCosta. So there you go. Right. But, I, the thing that annoyed me the most about this movie was that stupid attempt at like, tugging at the heartstrings with that hippo and the meerkat story. Oh my gosh. That was, was the that? cheesiest, stupidest. <laughs> I like, still don't understand what. And no, it made no sense. She didn't even tell the story. Like the girl's trying to tell him the story. He cuts her off. He doesn't even listen to the story. And then at the end, he's like, now I understand why the hippo did it. I mean, that was, oh, I just hated all of that yeah. so much. Everything yeah. with the woman and the girl was super just cheesy. Yeah. And yeah, the villains and, made no sense. Yeah, Charlotte Copley, who I like very much. Yeah, you know, they, he, right? they, they just did some really un. Like, why did he kill Jodie Foster? I mean, I understand why he has the stuff in his head and he's going to take over Elysium or whatever. But it's just like, why yeah. did you just stabbed her? Why did you do that? That's ridiculous. And your face is completely coming. melted off, uh, and right? you come back okay. from the dead, but you stabbed her in the jugular, and she can't be brought back. I mean, come that on. Come that on. is what bothered me is that they like they, they changed. This is what I was talking about when they when I said they, they change the rules like just to serve themselves. Like, how does that machine work, and why does it work for some at some point? Like, they never explained what that thing does. It was just like a magical fountain of youth that can fix things, but not others. They can't fix well, his. They actually um, did explain it. Okay, how did they explain it? They, they said as long as your brain is still functioning, it can fix you. Yeah, so, so his brain so wasn't damaged dead? with his yeah, whole half of his brain. brain. No, his, his, not his, brain away. His, his brain was, you his, know, His okay. brain was fine because his, the guy good said it was his what? brain is okay. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense, though. He was, de- he was dead, right? When you die, does your, is your brain okay? Yeah, don't, doesn't your brain die when you die after like 10 minutes? <laughs> Anyway. Yeah, it's it was been really like a dumb. significant period I, of time. I mean, they, yeah. they can throw it. I mean, literally, that was one of those. I don't know what they call those lines in script writing, but like this, like the the band aid that kind of fixes everything. Like, oh my gosh, we didn't explain this. So there's like you know some voiceover dub that happens later on. Like sure. it was because his brain was still okay, and then we put him in the machine. I, I just it didn't really make a whole lot of sense, and I don't understand why they couldn't bring Matt Damon back. I mean, I know they say like this thing is connected to his brain, the quote unquote brain thing, but it just it, to me it seems like they were just trying to justify the fact that these machines exist but some all, somehow also we have to make sure that people die so how do we you know what i mean it just for me it was it, yeah. it was I think I it. I think it sense. would have been more intense, and the stakes would have been higher if there was like one of those machines on Elysium, and it was like super protected, and right. you know, as opposed to everybody's got one in their living room, and it mm-hmm. was kind of just. And then they've kinda... got, and they got ambulances <laughs> with like hundreds of them on. on board. Yeah, they're just sitting there. <laughs> yeah, the problem, the thing about Elysium is that they say, you know, it it's essentially a fountain of youth. So you live for hundreds of years and mm-hmm. you never get sick. And so they drop this into the middle of the world, which they say at the beginning is completely overpopulated. And so the solution was actually the problem. Or is that maybe which did, did, maybe, exactly. that's right. maybe that's the point. maybe that's the point. The point is that that everyone should just die or everyone should be super uncomfortable and everyone should know. live forever. It was really that, it just that seems like point. the thing like, at the end where we're supposed to feel good about yeah, it. They started no. the whole movie off saying the world is overpopulated and destitute, yeah. and then they send these oh. things to Earth to make everybody never get sick or get old again. Yeah, okay. but they're still living in squalor with like horrible. What, what and that good, the machines aren't going to help that. That's what I'm saying. What good is it going to do them? It doesn't. It, anyway, this it, it does not make any sense. I don't sense. think it's supposed to leave you feeling good. I think it's supposed to leave you feeling uncomfortable. Like, wow, is that really the right solution? I mean, I, I do think he's trying to say something. I just don't really care. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, I, I think his point is like it does not. It does not equate to a solution. Like all, all, all he's saying is is that like. Oh, I, we fixed things because now there's, uh, you know, live forever devices on Earth now. But like you say, 
all that's going to do is create more problems. <laughs> I mean, you know, people are still going to live in absolute poverty. It's not like all of a sudden they're, you know, they're all quote unquote now citizens of Elysium, right? Now they're all equal. They're all, you know, everybody's going to have the same thing. Everybody's going to, but unfortunately what that means is that now everybody's going to continue to live in poverty. Everybody's going to continue. I mean, what, what, but they'll what feel good. That they'll be healthy. So, mm -hmm. you know, we'll feel good as the audience. Those characters are going to be. I don't think the audience is supposed to feel good. So this movie's making the Republicans point for them. Is that yeah. what you're saying? It is. It no, is. Absolutely. I, I don't well, think Neil Blomkamp is a Republican. <laughs> I think, that's what I'm saying. I think Neil Blomkamp's purpose in writing this was saying that, you know, everybody should, you know, be equal and, and, and should, should, I don't be even know if it is because like, yes, it there's is. nobody, there's not one character that really like even believes that. I mean, maybe like yeah. wh what's the guy that runs the, the president, I don't know his name. No, the poofy haired guy, the bad guy that he's spider. not really bad. He, he wants to go spider. control his spider. Thank you. Yeah. Like, he doesn't have very noble motivations, but then like somewhere in there he decides he's going to go reset Elysium. But I don't know. Like there's there's nobody in there that's like the freedom fighter that's like fighting for the earth. You know what I mean? They're all just selfishly motivated people. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of which, Elysium must be great because nobody does anything except lay out by the pool. <laughs> Every right. shot of Elysium is a lady <laughs> by a pool in a bikini, which anyway, is also very. That. <laughs> it, it's just so like it. it that, that was another problem was is that this film is is like absolute destitution, complete wealth and poverty. You know what I mean? They're trying to say that you know there's no again no middle class. You know all that kind of stuff is that you that's know what we're headed for. I know exactly, and that is for. exactly what this is. This, that's exactly what this is supposed to. Like if you're sitting in this film, that is what you're like. Yeah, this is. Those rich people are terrible. Yeah. And look at how destitute all these other people are. Yes, let's destroy the rich people. And like, it just was so, like you said, ham-fisted and obvious. Like, this is like a, um, what do they call that when you uh, get to live out your, for fan, uh, your, your fantasy wish fulfillment? Yeah. Quentin Tarantino? Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely. Yeah. Well, the thing, except he does it well. So the thing is, uh. I don't have a problem, you know, with any of those sentiments in a film as long as I don't feel like you're, you know, smacking me in the face with it every five minutes. Well, you're making which, a good point. Which yeah. is why District 9 was so much better. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we've been going a little long here, so we need to wrap it up. But I would just yeah. say that, you know, if you have not seen District 9, Josh, I don't think you've seen it, right? I haven't. I can't compare oh the two. Yeah, you need to see. I keep this looking thing. for it, and it's not on Netflix yeah. or anywhere. It's not. Right? I thought it was on Netflix. No. I, I keep looking. I think it used to be, but District oh, Nine my. is a far superior film. I will say this: we have been extremely negative on this movie, and I think fairly so. But as far as the filmmaker is concerned, I'm still excited for what he's going to do in the future because he's definitely unique. He's a unique voice. I think. Let me say this. Let me say this though too. There are some really great thrilling action sequences in this movie yes. especially especially the um the sequence with the bugatti um airship and the uh, ceo like i loved that entire sequence that was a lot of fun for me and they sure. they do introduce some interesting technology it definitely feels like a video game like you know the the kind of like a video game that you would want to see made into a movie which is what you know we're kind of getting here um it just really is i think some very inventive cool um, weapons and action sequences, and and I think he does a good job visually. And I I he think does. you're right on point by saying Chad that he just needs to get somebody who does better writing. Um, and uh, I think I think he he'd really have a slam dunk. I think yep. uh, there's some really great stuff here, but unfortunately, just not tied together very well. All right, that's it, it folks. Go see District Nine. The cutting room floor. All right, for this week's Cutting Room Floor, we're going back to FlickChart, the website dedicated to pitting one movie against another, and the screeners are whittling down our best of all time. The way this works is that we will read out each movie and decide which movie we think is best. We each get a vote. If a movie gets three votes, it's voted better. If it's a split, two and two, we yell at each other until someone makes a decision. <laughs> so here we are back for FlickChart. You can find us at screeners podcast at flickchart.com and comment on how terrible our list is right now until we review more movies so we're mm -hmm. starting 
with Training Day from Denzel with Denzel Washington versus The Mummy Returns. Oh. And uh-huh. and let me go ahead and say this before Josh tells us he hasn't seen any of these. <laughs> if three out of the four of us have seen the movie, then it still can be voted on. So there we go. So Training Day versus The Mummy Returns. Uh, Chris, what do you think? Mummy Returns. Melody? I, I like that movie. Mommy Returns, I hated Training Day. And Josh? What did I just hear? <laughs> <laughs> That's I, what I thought. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I feel like I blacked out there for a second. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. Uh, Chris well, and Mel- I haven't seen Mummy Returns, but Training Day. Okay. Chris and Melody are insane. <laughs> training oh, Day. Training Day had a wonderful performance by Denzel Washington and is a far mm. superior movie. The Mummy Returns is garbage, but... What? No, it's not. But I, it wins anyway. I'm outvoted garbage. because the Ferals win. wins anyway. <laughs> All right. Ferals take it. It's Boom! Cool. It's garbage. Suck it. Number two, The Sixth Sense, M. Night Shyamalan versus 2001, A Space Odyssey. Kubrick. All right, a classic. So what do we say there, Chris? fell asleep during 2001 i'll definitely take the six oh my gosh (laughs) melody i'm sorry but i have to say the six oh my god we josh is it too late to put something in the place where the ferals can't only get one vote between the two of them no way well the other thing we could do is we could break for two hours and i could go watch 2001 a space odyssey yes know which one i would vote so you haven't seen 2001. Now I admit that the six. All sense... of it. I saw the beginning. Can we count that? No, was that in our Was that in our philosophy class that you yes, saw the beginning probably. of that? Did Josh? All right. <laughs> well, wow. Dude. You the... never visited that at all. You've never so seen the film at all. Chris, don't Why feign surprise that Josh has not seen a film. Come on. Well, because it's it is what I would consider to be high sci-fi. In I mean, my wheelhouse. For Pete's sake, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, The Sixth Sense is actually a very good movie. It is not as good as 2001, but again, I am outvoted. My life is sad. <laughs> Here we go. Lord of the Rings: The Two Towers. Mm. Good movie versus There Will Be Blood. Mm. All right, the Anderson film. Chris, let me guess. Uh, actually, I haven't seen There Will Be Blood. Oh, okay. What? Okay. All right. How about you, Melody? I also have not seen There Will Be Blood. We have to move on. Here's what happens. So this is what so happens, so. folks. No, we don't. Josh, what do you think about There Will Be Blood? We have to move on. We can't take there a will vote. Be blood. There Will Be Blood was my first date with my wife, mm-hmm. and it was a fantastic movie. Whoa. Oh. I drink your milkshake. <laughs> the fact that you took... The fact that you took... <laughs> A girl to this as your first date That's, says volumes. It does. It does. We Good had barbecue you. and saw there will be blood and we <laughs> loved it. There you go. All right. Well, we I guess two out of four haven't seen it, so we have to go to haven't seen it. So it is the Lord of the Rings: Two Towers versus Garden State. Hmm. Hmm. Here we go, Chris. I, I'm definitely going to go with Two Towers. Melody. Hands down, Two Towers. Josh, <laughs> this this is tough because I really want to I want to stand up for the somewhat indulgent little <laughs> adolescent Garden State because uh, I liked it I, I did yeah. but overall I mean Two Towers was Amazing. probably a better movie okay so Two Towers no doubt I will vote for Two Towers as well although I did like Garden State next we have Minority Report Steven Spielberg. Versus Hellboy to the Golden oh, Army. Man. Chris Farrell, what do you say? <laughs> I actually really like both of these movies quite a bit. But I think Minority Report definitely would beat out Hellboy 2. But I still do like do like that film. Okay, Melody? I ditto Chris, Minority Report. But Hellboy 2 was pretty great. Josh? I have heard good things about the Hellboy movies. However, I have not seen the Hellboy movies. Shocker. seen the other one now. Well, I, I, saw the other one. I liked yeah. Hellboy the first one. I didn't like the second one as much, although I think it's good. But Minority Report yeah. is in my top ten of all time. Yeah, I think it's one of Spielberg's most underrated film. I love that movie. So Minority Report, it is. Moving on. I want to watch it again now. Oh. Yeah, I do too. Look at this. Hellboy, the original Hellboy versus <laughs> a movie I know none of you have seen. But I have Halloween Four: The Return of Michael Myers. Oh no, I've seen that. <laughs> oh, I've definitely have. seen that movie. Halloween yes. Four. Okay, yes. all right, Chris. 
Hellboy what? or what? Halloween Four? <laughs> I there's I mean they're not even in the same universe. So yes, I, Hell, Hellboy would definitely be there for me. Melody, have you seen Halloween Four? Sorry. No, Josh. Uh, Josh has no. Seen. No. <laughs> okay. Well, unfortunately, Either. then we'll have to m- remove that one since only two of us have seen it. So it's Hellboy versus the 1997 classic, in my opinion, Starship Troopers. Oh. All right. This is a good one. I like this. Those, are, those, are, those are very right, good well, films to go one against again. one another. It's the original Hellboy, Del Toro versus Starship Troopers. It's amazing how similar the, the, the sensibilities of those two films yeah. are. Yep. It really is. That's Chris? Decision. Here we go. Oh, man. I don't, I don't even... I'm going to go with Starship Troopers. I've seen that movie more. I I own it. I love Hellboy. I really do. But Starship yep. Troopers is is fun. Okay, Melody. Oh man, I'm really torn. I guess I'm gonna say Starship Troopers because I have more like emotional long term relationship with that movie. Okay, and Josh, you haven't seen Hellboy, right? I have not. Have I did s- see Starship Troopers, and I liked it. Liked it. Okay. All right. Josh, I, I liked it love Starship Troopers. Yeah. So I, I like Hellboy, but I would easily vote Starship Troopers over this. I, I think it's great. Starship Troopers has just, going back to our discussion about allegory or whatever, it, that that movie is just so on the nose and it knows what it's being and being stupid and crazy. Absolutely. It's just, it embraces it's just, it. It's it so good. It. It's so good with that. Yeah. yeah. All right. X-Men The Last Stand, Brett Ratner, the masterpiece, yeah, yes. versus the 1986 film Stand By Me. Ugh. You jokers probably weren't even born in 1986, you young punks. Got it. So, X-Men yeah. The Last Stand, Chris, or have you guys seen Stand By Me? I have yeah. not actually ever seen Stand what? By Me. Shame. I know. Shame I know. It house. is. How is that possible? I don't, I don't know. I just Josh, never have. Have you, you haven't seen it? I was one. <laughs> you can see movies after the year they come out, people. I it's hate true. you guys so I have not much. Seen it. I know Will Wheaton. I, I know. Listen, I, I, I totally that movie listen, is on my list of shame. Stand There's by no Me I feel is bad a about it. marvelous film. You it should is. see. You you it. just love it. You love it even more because of its origins as a Stephen King. No, that is not true. Yes, it is. I saw come the on, movie don't before. Deny it. Listen, don't I saw the movie it. before I was allowed to even read Stephen exactly. King books. Thank yeah. you very much, Me sir. Too. All right, here we go. X-Men The Last Stand versus the original Shrek from 2001. Christopher, you have children. I'm sure you've seen Shrek. What do you I think? Have. Uh, I'm not really a big fan of either of his films, but if I had to choose one to watch right now, Don't I would actually it. choose the horrible Don't you do it. X-Men. Oh, my God. Any right. day of the week. Melody, <laughs> please correct over. this injustice, please. <laughs> I love X-Men, which is why I hated that movie so much, which is why I will say Shrek. Yes, thank you. Josh, have you seen these two? Shrek was good. I have not seen that bastardization of the X-Men franchise. Good. I have seen both of them, and it is easily Shrek. X-Men The Last Stand needs to be executed and buried in the backyard forever. Shrek, it is. Actually, maybe I have seen it. I don't know. All those X-Men movies (laughs) run together. All right, moving on. We've got 2005 Hitch starring Will Smith. Versus <laughs> The oh Dark God. Knight from 2008. <laughs> um. I don't think this was going to be difficult, kids. <laughs> what? Chris. It's definitely Hitch. No uh, doubt. That's what no, I figured no, you'd no. say. The Dark Knight. But, but it does. The, yeah. The okay. Dark Knight. Melody. Hitch was a fun movie, but um, by far The Dark Knight. Josh, I'm sure you've only seen The Dark Knight, right? Actually, <laughs> no. <laughs> this is great. Think, you haven't seen the Dark Knight. If, if but you, you have Hitch, seen right? Hitch, there I feel like I need to slap no. you because yeah, there are so on. many. That's, that's what he's the, the dating coach. coach, right? Yes. 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 I believe I have seen. Oh that. my oh, word! I have. haven't seen the Dark Knight. Right? No, I've. I haven't. Of course, I've seen the Dark Knight. Oh man! Listen, the Dark Knight. Say, of course, I've seen anything, Josh. You do not have room to say that. First of all, there are there are like a dozen of the best movies of all time that you haven't seen, and you've seen Hitch. Like we could start with The Godfather (laughs) if you want to go there. But what would you vote for, Josh? Excuse, the Dark Knight. Dark Knight. Uh, Hitch is actually not a terrible movie. It's it's watchable. It's kind of funny. It's charming. But it's clearly Kevin The Dark James. Knight. You gotta love Kevin James. Yeah, The Dark Knight is a borderline masterpiece, in my opinion. All right, here we go. Back to the Future Part 3. We go to the Wild Wild West versus Kevin Costner, at one time the most expensive movie of all time, 
Waterworld. What say ye? Both of those films are, they've got a lot of height haters, Mm -hmm. but um, I actually enjoy both of them. Waterworld is not a bad movie. I don't think it is at all. I I actually quite enjoy it, but I'm a huge Back to the Future fan, so I'm going to go with part three. All right. Melody? Yeah, I actually didn't hate Waterworld either, but, and I really did not, I'm not a huge part three fan, but I'll still give it to Back to the Future. Josh, have you seen either of these? I saw the first Back to the Future. Oh, well, that's the same thing. That's that's something. Wow. Okay. Uh, oh, neither nope. of those. Okay. Sorry. Well, I am Peace a out. big fan of anything Western, and you combine that with time travel and Marty McFly, and I'm in. So Back to the Future yeah. 3, it is. All right, let's do a few more here. Jim Carrey in The Mask, back when Jim Carrey had a career, and mm-hmm. Men in Black Part 2 from 2002. Chris, what do you think? Men in Black 2. What was the plot in that movie it was just again? like the first one except no funny and no action yeah <laughs> and no good but other than i'm gonna that, go it's just i'm gonna go with the mask i i I, lo- I love that movie when i was growing up I, I watched it several times a day i think for a couple of weeks <laughs> yep so well, i had uh, the mask i, I like that movie a lot melody yeah the mask is a classic okay josh have you seen these i don't know whether i saw the second one i cannot remember it's been it's been too long. Just but vote. The, just vote. The mask was good. Yeah. Mask wins. I've definitely seen Men in Black too, and I still can't remember. So exactly. the answer is the mask. Men in Black Two is terrible. Now, okay, this is okay. This is interesting. So we have 2004 Million Dollar Baby, Clint Eastwood film, versus mm-hmm. Die Hard with a Vengeance, 1995, oh. which was actually well, we'll see. What do you think, Chris? Uh, I, I really like Die Hard with a Vengeance. That's my my more my pace of film, as mm-hmm. you may have guessed. No. So yes, with a vengeance. <laughs> as you may to. have guessed. Yes, with a vengeance. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Melody. Um, I really do like Die Hard with a Vengeance. I think it's my favorite of the Die Hard franchise. Million Dollar Baby was very deep. I'm gonna go with Die Hard. Oh, Chris has corrupted you. His corruption right. is complete. Yes. It is complete. It was back in the day when we were, like, dating, and that's the kind of movies we watch. Sorry. All right, Josh, have you seen these? Um, no. (laughs) (laughs) Um, no. Okay. Um, I would have voted Million Dollar Baby, even though it's not a pleasant film to watch. It is finely acted, and I I love the story. Uh, Although Die Hard with a Vengeance is my favorite of the Die Hards as well. Well, no. Eh, I'm nostalgic for the first one, but it's probably my favorite. All right, so Die Hard wins. Our list is getting worse by the moment, people. Check it out. You won't believe it. The Matrix Revolutions 2003 versus American Beauty. Christopher, <laughs> let me guess. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with The Matrix Revolutions. Definitely um, not surprised. Did I mention Academy Award winning American Beauty? Let me just throw that out if that makes a difference. <laughs> he doesn't care. Uh, Melody. It does, does not care. matter. Melody, <laughs> would you like to... Uh, to vote now and this this is the actual litmus test of if you have been corrupted matrix revolutions <laughs> oh, american beauty american beauty is revolutions oh. is the third one it is right? the third yes, one yes. yes let's clarify that I, the third one i feel like no, no, i really no, no. didn't like it at all no you the did the third it. one is good what are you talking about the third oh, one is no. good i'll fight you this about is. this no it's You're terrible right, Oh my you God! I'm gonna say like, American Beauty. Oh my God! Yes. Thank goodness. Oh. You're, just, Josh, you're just doing that. You're just hope. doing that to like. No, I'm not. I really think I hated it, and I don't even remember very well. So that must mean I didn't like it. Josh. Oh, we win. Right side wins. American Beauty. Yes, and and yes. for the record, yes, American Beauty easily. Matrix Revolutions is terrible. It is not. It's terrible. Guys, it's not terrible. It's terrible. It's terrible. Oh Matrix Revolutions. See you're, ya. Just, you're just you're just jumping on the Matrix. No, hate I'm not. Band. No, sir, That's I'm all not. Your, I want uh, to. Yes. I think Matrix Reloaded, which most people hate, is fantastic. I love the Matrix Reloaded. I hate the third one. All right, okay. let's do a few more here. The Nightmare Before Christmas versus Enemy of the State, the Will Smith and Gene Hackman film. Chris, what do you think? I have never had any desire to see Nightmare Before Christmas, so I have not seen it. I am the Pumpkin King. You should see it. Melody? I have seen it. I don't like it. I'll go with Enemy of the State. Wow. Okay, Josh, have you seen these? This is hurting me. Um, (laughs) I'm not positive whether I've seen Enemy of the State. I feel like I might have seen bits and pieces of it, but Nightmare Before Christmas is fantastic. Mm, You are correct. It is fantastic. 
You are correct, Josh. All right, okay. so the uh, it's Nightmare Before Christmas, no doubt about it. Wait, 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 wait. You, can't, what? You, can't you can't vote. You can't vote. You gotta, you gotta say you haven't seen it. No vote. Wait, what? What are you talking you about? Can't vote oh, you can't vote. Oh, he means on a site. He hasn't seen any of the state. I haven't seen Nightmare Before Christmas, so we cannot, we cannot take a vote that it will actually work. We have to say we haven't seen both those films. Accuse yourself. Boo on you. All right, here saying. we go. We're going to do five more, and then that will be it. So number five, Batman Forever. This is the Tommy Lee Jones as Two Face Batman. I've got the poster hanging on my wall right now. Oh, great. Versus <laughs> Tropic Thunder 2008. <laughs> Let's hear it, Chris. Man, this is tough. No, uh, no it's not. No, it's really not. <laughs> you know, I, here we go. <laughs> I mean, oh. Here, just say it. Just say it. I'm going to go with Batman Forever. Yeah, okay. You're the I one. I am. Right. I am. Melody? I am not a Batman Forever fan, so Tropic Thunder for me, please. Josh? Have not seen Batman Forever. <laughs> Have seen Tropic Thunder. Okay. Well, that's something. And I've seen both, and it's Tropic Thunder by a landslide. Yeah. Number four, the original film, Grease, from 1978, versus the Sam Raimi Spider-Man from 2002, the first one in his trilogy. Chris, what do you think? Grease. Ooh. Okay. Wow. Okay. That makes me happy. All right, Melody. Definitely Greece. You're the one that I want. Joshua. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, folks, that's that's how we roll (laughs) with the screeners. That was awful. That was our attempt at harmony. I hope you enjoyed it. Beautiful. You go down, I'll go up. (laughs) That's what she said. Josh, please. Thanks for that. (laughs) See, I was not. No. I hate you. (laughs) (laughs) Josh, what do you think? Um, I know the songs. I have not seen all of Greece, I don't think. Okay. Wow, so, really? Uh, yeah. Shame. Yeah, but at least it you've is. seen Hitch. So there's that. At least I know the songs <laughs> and can sing them terribly. Okay. Yeah, I've seen yeah. both, and I like the original Spider-Man, although Spider-Man 2 is better, but Grease it is. All right. We're down to the final three. 2008 James Bond Quantum of Solace versus the first movie that I ever owned on DVD, 1996 Twister. Oh, yeah, me too, dude. So, I think everybody got that with their yeah, DVD player it was like back 50 in the day, right? Bucks or something crazy yeah. like that. All yeah, right, Chris, yeah, yeah. what do you think? Quantum of Solace hear, versus Twister. You could hear the nails coming out of the board. Do you remember that? Like the, oh, the it, was, it was unbelievable yeah. to have something like that in your house, yeah. Yeah, that was awesome. I'm sorry, what were the movies again? Twister, and what was the first and one? Quantum of Solace. This was the second Daniel Craig Bond. Yeah, yeah. After Casino Royale. Like the one in the desert. The one in the yeah. desert. The one in the quantum yeah. of solace, if you will. So this this hurts my this hurts my heart because the other poster I have hanging in my room is Casino Royale. I thankfully we're not movie. talking about that movie. So right. Yeah, I know what I'm just saying. I really enjoy. It. I'm a Bond fan, but I think I'm gonna actually go with Twister. I've seen that movie a lot of times, and it really thrilled me back in the day. It was really quite a quite an enjoyable movie. Although it was about nothing, it yeah. was still yeah, it was, still it was fun. definitely about nothing. Okay, Melody, what do you think? Ah, uh, Twister. I, I didn't like that Bond film. Twister, all right. Josh, have you seen these? Can we please do movies I've seen? Please. No. <laughs> okay. We're trying. We're trying, Josh. I think everybody in America has seen most of these tonight, as opposed to our first time. Let me say that this is an easy choice. Casino Royale was wonderful. Quantum of Solace was equally terrible. And Twister is better. So Twister it is. All right, our last two for the evening. Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, versus... Academy Award winner, 2002 musical, Chicago. Chris, hmm. what do you think? Chicago. Chicago. All right. Chicago. Melody? Chicago. Dare I ask, Josh? No, I'm just going to leave now. Whatever the first one was, you said, I didn't see it. Home Alone 2, no. okay. I saw both of them. Yeah. It's fine. So You've it's, seen Chicago, though, right? Yeah, I've seen Chicago. We saw it. Chicago's okay, good. Yeah. 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 Chicago's awesome. great. So I will vote for Chicago. That was the, a new way of filming a musical on film. It was that good. Was so, yep. so good. Amazing. And our final battle of the evening for the screeners is the 2004 disaster flick The Day After Tomorrow. Versus the classic William Friedkin horror film, The Exorcist. Chris, what is your answer? Do the right thing, Chris. Uh, Do the right thing here. Uh, I can feel it turning in you. <laughs> oh, 
no. Good movie. I mean, oh, The no. Exorcist. The Exorcist is is gonna have to be. It. There's no way. The, the Day After Tomorrow is a horrible movie. I hated every minute of it. You so. did not. You love those movies. You didn't hate it. You love those movies. I really did not enjoy. It was them. not a good movie though. Okay. Um. So you vote for so, Exorcist? Yeah, I go with The Exorcist. Even though I'm not actually a very big fan of The Exorcist, I don't know what people sure. see in it. But okay. go ahead. Yes, The Exorcist. Melody. Well, I hate to throw a monkey wrench in our last one of the evening, but I have not seen The Exorcist. Okay, so Sorry. that won't matter if Josh has seen it. Josh, have you seen The Exorcist? If Josh has seen or... both. It, yeah, it won't matter if I've seen both of those movies, so let's guess. You haven't seen both. Okay, no, neither. <laughs> which Sorry. one? So, which one neither. Is... Oh, my gosh. Welcome to the screeners, folks. Welcome to the screeners. Where we don't watch movies. Let no, me, no, okay. we watch movies. You don't watch That's movies, fine. Josh. Let's clarify. The Exorcist is the finest horror film in the history of horror films, but that's fine. I don't... Let's define finest. What does that mean? It is terrifying and beautifully crafted and well acted, and it's just wonderful. But it doesn't we matter. Have to do a replacement for I our last one. I don't see it. I just don't. Nobody's seen it. All right, so then our final one is... The Hand mm. That Rocks the Cradle from 1992. Haven't seen it. Unbutt- no. Seen it. Okay, it's not that. Have you guys seen the original uh, relaunching of the Hulk from 2003, the Ang Lee version, the Edward first Norton. one? Okay. Yes. Have you Edward seen Norton? No. No, this not was Edward Banna, Norton. Eric Banna. Chris, this is, oh, well, uh, yeah, I've seen both of them, so yes. All right, so but we've got to replace Hand That Rocks the Cradle. So it goes to Meet the Parents from 2000 versus... Uh, Hulk from 2003. This is our last one of the evening. The last one of the evening. <laughs> Amazing comparison of high art. Make it count. Yeah. Chris, what do you say? Uh, Hulk. Hulk. Okay. Melody? I'm going to go with Meet the Parents. I did not like oh, that Eric Bannon movie. Okay. Joshua? I can't remember which Hulk was worse. Um, Eric Bannon was worse. Yeah, it really was. I no, think it you're wasn't. probably right. The Incredible gonna... Hulk was worse. Nope. Yep. Go, nope. Josh. Your choice. Don't listen Rock to us. Rock the cradle. Meet the parents. Let's do it. It's clearly the Hulk. Ang Lee's version is underrated. No. It's not terrible. People need to rewatch it. It's actually pretty good. He did some interesting things. So we have a split. We have a tie, really. First time. What are we going to do? On our last one. <laughs> Meet the parents is funny. It's, no. it's a good movie. Come on. No, There's a lot leaving. of laughs. It's I'm a quotable not. film. Nope. I'm not moving. Come on. I'm not moving. Melody, you know you want to vote for the Hulk. You guys cannot even be fighting for the Eric Bana Hulk movie. Seriously. Yeah, so I'm not going to. I'll, I'll go over to meet the parents. Oh Thank you. God. Done. Oh, Ooh. our podcast has lost all semblance <laughs> of credibility. Because the Hulk didn't win on a flick chart? I don't think yeah. so. No, because meet the parents won. That's why. Oh, come on. Well, Against the, the Hulk. is the only other option. <laughs> well, here you go, folks. So right now, just to give you an idea of oh, how pathetic gosh. our list meet, is. Meet the Parents is number one. <laughs> here's our top ten in ascending order. Number ten, The Patriot. Number nine, V4 Vendetta. Number eight, Josh's favorite movie, Crash. <laughs> number seven, Knocked Up. <laughs> number six, Pan's Labyrinth. All right. Oh, number good. five, The Shawshank Redemption. Okay. Good. Number four, the mighty freaking ducks. Okay, and <laughs> I put I put in freaking there? there myself because it's just the mighty ducks. Okay. What? Number three, a bug's life. Number two, <laughs> up in the air, and number what? one, back to the future. So we've got more work to do, kids. But there is much th- work to be done. Thanks for listening. That is the screeners flick chart out. The cutting room floor. Thanks for tuning in to the Screeners Podcast. We really love to hear from our listeners. So if you'd like to talk about something you heard on the show or there's something you want us to talk about but didn't hear, just drop us a line. We're all over the internet. You can find us on Facebook if you search for Screeners Podcast. Tweet us at ScreenersCast. Send us an email at ScreenersCast at gmail.com or leave a comment over at ScreenersPodcast.com where you can find our show notes and links to all the articles we talked about and send us ideas for future shows. And as always, if you haven't yet and you like the show, drop us a review on iTunes. See you next time. And that's a wrap. You've heard what the screeners had to say. Now you be the critic. Head over to screenerspodcast.com and let us know what you think. See you next time.